Hi everyone, welcome back to Hair of the Werewolf. I'm Lily and I have with me Chase. What's up guys? We're a paranormal podcast that love telling each other scary stories. Uh, me in particular, I tell Chase more ghosts, paranormal, cryptid, or you know, anything in between. And Chase mainly focuses on either UFOs or... Tiki terrors, I guess is what you call them. Tropical <laughs> tropical terrors. Because I've, I've got a little bit of a tiki obsession. Exactly. So if that excites you, then stay tuned because it's going to be a pretty good show, I and, think. And we also like to drink while we tell stories. <laughs> we also like to drink. That's right. Because what better way to deal with your work week hangover or your real hangover. Or your real hangovers. Than, <laughs> than with a little with a little sip sip. Okay, um, that just made it worse. Yeah. So We're I'm, not encouraging to continue to drink. Actually, our slogan really is about fear curing the hangover, not so much another beer. Well, but this is <laughs> this is an exciting week. There's so many new things. First thing, I have a new chair. It is decidedly Ooh. less squeaky. Uh, it was given to us by Lily's parents. They they rescued it. Yeah, from so, someone else's house so I'm testing, that they didn't want. I'm testing out today. It's a bit taller, so my feet feel like dangling like I'm a little kid. But also... Uh, we are drinking beer from Prost out of Denver that Ooh. was imported to us. Shout out to Lisa and Jacob for bringing us some Prost. Yes. Uh, so I'm drinking. Thank you. I'm drinking the Kolsch. I'm having, what was it again? Oh, the Dunkel. The Dunkel. So cheers. That's right. Cheers. But what other things happened this last week? I mean. So much. <laughs> well, I mean, we watched the Oscars, which I don't even want to talk about because I'm going to put as little effort into talking about the Oscars as they did in the Oscars this year. Well, actually, you just put in way more effort than they did. Right? So we They should didn't stop. even show us clips or nothing. And nothing. It was it was a really disappointing Oscar. So that, yeah. To be fair, I never really watched the Oscars before you or anyone, but you and Lisa really got into it. So, you know, you guys made it into a game. So, of course, I'm going to yeah, play. Yeah, we do, like. We have scores and points and everything like that. Which I won. Yeah, you won this. You won this time. <laughs> and I didn't see any of the movies. Well, most, of, most of our guesses were all blind this year because instead of showing us clips of like the hair and makeup, they just said their names, and I'm like, well, we can't even tell. It's what like, they oh did. yes, that one makeup artist I know really make, well. <laughs> that those three that we know. Those yeah. specifically three ones. Yes, it was, I, it was nothing rubbish. But we did have a good movie related thing. Lily got me to watch a classic horror film mm, that mm. I had never seen before. I knew what it was, but I'd never seen it before. And all you who've seen it are like, how the hell has he seen it? She got me to watch The Lost Boys. I'm so happy you finally saw it. So <laughs> I love that movie. Had someone told me that Corey Feldman was in it, I would have probably watched it 10 years ago because... Like, at least, you know, teenage acting Corey Feldman is awesome. Yeah. Like, I like him in in the Friday the 13th. I like him in, uh, <laughs> he played Donatello, or at least the voice of Donatello. Yeah. Goonies, Stand By Me, all that fun stuff. But it was a pretty fun movie. I liked it. I mean, it's not scary. I mean, it's horror because well, it no, deals with vampires. No, but... it's not scary. It's just like 80s fun vampire movie. But it has that uh, one chick who was in Twister. <laughs> Yes. I don't remember her psychiatrist name. Psychiatrist or yeah, whatever she is. Exactly. I don't remember her name, so no disrespect to her. I anything, know. I but, don't remember. But I just look at her and I'm like, I know her. And, and and you're like, yeah, you do. Just think about it. I'm like, Twister. She was the chick that we all hated in Twister when we were young. Well, yeah. But, but I, think, I think her character in Twister is really funny because it's like Mrs. Doubtfire. That when you watch it when you're a kid... You hate these characters because they're like getting in the way of like the main characters. They're like, oh, they're 
stopping true love or something like this. But as an adult, <laughs> when you rewatch it, you're like, wow, these characters are actually not bad people. They're actually probably in the right. Because I hated her when I was young. But when you watch it as an adult, you're like, no, she's not a bad person at all. She's actually a really good person. Yeah, she was pretty decent. And um, she gets screwed over just because we want to see Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt like get it on. I know, which was weird. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't have cared so much. Um, but that I was... Know. So I was excited. So I got to see a new old horror film. It was new to me. And that was a lot of fun. So Yeah. I, th- I was hoping that you would like it, and I'm glad you did. Uh, yeah, so that happened. Oh, I do want to bring up the whole... Uh, drinking game thing so Mm. usually we'd be doing it for this episode however because it's like the first episode of the month i think we mentioned that before now that doesn't really work with our style (laughs) we're a lot flakier than that so we're probably going to end up doing it either next episode or just basically when it works out i like to think that they're going to be spread out like surprises so who knows when we're going to do them and we'll try to give you guys a heads up on the social media going into it in case you want to plan to drink along with us. Yeah, exactly. I think it. I think that would work a lot better, uh, not just for us, but people who might want to like listen to it while while we drink, and then they drink as well. We have another shout out to Joe because when he was over, the first thing he stopped by to say hi to us the other day. Since we're all part of the vaccination club, oh. um, first thing he says is, "Can I see the wheel?" <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I wish it was a lot more epic now. Like, I mean, it's it's a cool wheel. It works, and but it's like you know, this tiny little thing. It is pretty small. <laughs> So, I don't know. It's like, I guess the wheel is the first celebrity from our show. Yeah. It's actually not... Spin that wheel. It's not as small as the wheel in the office, where Pam makes, like, the chore wheel. Mm-hmm. But it's it's somewhere halfway in between, like, from that one to, like, a regular size. The, the one that she had. So, I don't know. I like it. It's cute. So, since we've got beers in tow, tell me what you're going to... What are you going to oh, tell yes. me today? So I have a story today. It is called Riverdale Road, and it's in Thornton, Colorado, which is in Denver, uh, which is funny because we actually are drinking Prost, which is from, it's from Denver, yeah. from Denver, right? So it all matches. That was not intended. Well, this, but was, yay. A, this was a story suggestion, wasn't it? It was a suggestion, again, from Lisa, and a lot of you probably remember her as the funny girl from the bonus episode, so that's her. Um... Yeah, so Riverdale Road. It's a very windy and uh, long road. It actually stretches to 11 miles, if I recall. Um, I did pin a drop on Google Maps because I needed to see what it looked like. And um, yeah, so it's like a two-way street, so there's only one lane on each side. For me, right away, I'm like, that's not good. Yeah, you hate I don't that because having to cross and then having to pass. I hate having to pass cars. And especially in this, they say that there is a lot of curves. And there's a lot, a lot more places where you can't pass than you can, I mm-hmm. guess. So that just makes the whole scenario a lot more dangerous. So it's called Riverdale Road? Riverdale Road, yeah. Just can't stop thinking about Archie when I hear Riverdale. Riverdale, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's see. Yes, already a really dangerous road in general. So here we go. Uh, So the way I structured this story today is that they're kind of like stories about all these different ghosts that are on there, um, strange phenomenons, things, stuff like that. So the first story that I'm going to tell you about with the road is the Phantom Camaro. Yes. In the 1970s, a driver in his Camaro was speeding down Riverdale Road uh, late at night. Now, this person lost complete control of their car and ended up crashing and they died instantly. So that's basically the story. I mean, there's not a whole lot to it, but 
Today, people have claimed to see the Camaro follow them. Sometimes it would even begin to speed past them, then disappear. Um, mm. Other times, the Camaro will try to challenge other drivers for a race, uh, but never rise to the occasion because uh, my understanding is that you will always lose. You'll veer off the road, and if you survive the crash, you'll be pretty hurt. Essentially, what it's trying to do is trying to kill you. <laughs> so this is like the real-life version of Death Proof? Death. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Except there isn't an angry lady in the car. Or no, uh, that was... It was Rose McGowan, wasn't it? No, Who Death Proof? Hmm? At night when he was... Uh... Oh, uh, Kurt Russell. Well, Kurt Russell was the driver, but yeah, wasn't was Rose McGowan killer. the chick who was in the car right next to him when he... When he died. When she when he killed her. When he tried to kill the people in the other car. No, she was already dead. Oh, yeah. He I... killed her in an act. Like, he crashed the car on purpose with her inside to purposely kill her. Hmm. Okay, anyway. <laughs> that movie's awesome. Um... So this is me kind of looking into it, saying, okay, why is this story popular or whatever? So it turns out in the 70s, um, when this story would have taken place, there were actually a lot of car crashes. Um, at the time, the road was mostly made out of gravel, so it would have made it a lot more dangerous and easier for cars to crash or um, flip over. I'm not sure when streetlights were put up, but reading certain articles and people saying that when they've gone there... At the very least, in the 90s, it was still pretty dark. And I think in the early 2000s, up until the early 2000s, I believe. So it would have been pitch black, mm-hmm. gravel road, maybe even teenagers trying to race each other. All this suggests that this could have actually happened. Okay. And so, um, and not just that, but literally there are records of multiple car crashes at the time, even up to now. So it's very likely that this, I don't know, it just seems like the story could actually be true. So that's kind of nice and scary. <laughs> um, the next story on the it, road. It's not still gravel, right? It's paved now, right? It's paved. Okay. okay. Yeah. I don't know when it turned into a paved road, but uh, it sounds like it was much, much later than it should have been. So like I, in general, try to avoid gravel roads. I do too. Yeah. So our next ghost is the jogger. There have been actual incidents where joggers did die. Unfortunately, they will get hit by cars and die on the side of the road. Those stories, like I said, they are true. Uh, Today, if you happen to jog along the road, then you might hear someone running behind you. Um, You can look all you want, but there will never be anyone around. People who are driving might start to hear what sounds like a heartbeat. Then, without warning, the sound of something hitting their car. Mm. People who have experiences said that it made them swerve, almost causing them to crash or just veer off the road. I guess there's never any evidence of what caused the sound. Um, like, so unsettling. Well, yeah, because they'll get out and they'll like check, like, what did I hit? And they'll <laughs> even check their car to see if there's any damage because it's a pretty strong thump or like yes yeah it sounds significant right that they're like no there's no damage to the car there's nothing to suggest that anything was even there a lot of people think that maybe the jogger is trying to cause the car to crash as revenge i'm not sure could be a residual haunting that term was (laughs) told to me by chris (laughs) because i'm always like uh i'm always saying oh the the kind of haunting that repeats itself whether or not you're there. Is it like echoes or something It's like called, that? yeah, like an echo. It's called residual haunting. Uh, thank you, Chrissy, for reminding me what that was called. She she and I were texting, and she's like, I think that's called residual haunting. And I'm like, I think you're right. <laughs> I should start using that Couldn't term. Couldn't it just be like a skunk 
that when you hit it, it just flies way the hell away. I mean, maybe, but there's got to be like blood or something. I don't know. If you kind of hit it like a baseball, it just flies one way. I mean, it doesn't always have to be. Don't you bloody. tend to run over and not hit them? Mm, maybe it's jumping. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot all those jumping skunks. I don't know, but weren't we told that like that road always smells like skunk? I guess that's why I was just saying maybe there's just oh, <laughs> leaping skunks. I think skunks that's what Lisa said. Yeah. I have no idea. I guess it could be a skunk. Anyway, so that's... uh, Oh, there's actually a little more to the jogger. There is an area of the road that is called Jogger's Hill. So it's part of the hill or part of the road. And if you park your car on on the side of the road on the hill and roll down your windows, you will sometimes hear someone running behind you and getting closer and closer. Sometimes the jogger or like the entity will pass you. Okay. But... It's like the area that's the most active. So if you want to get something, that's your best bet. And so no one's seen red eyes, right? These aren't Mothman sightings. They're joggers. are not Mothman joggers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this one's a little weird. Um, This one's called the Gates of Hell. There's a well-known local urban legend uh, about a man that went insane. He set his mansion on fire with his family still sleeping inside, killing them. The uh, sturdy gates that once let up to the house still exist. So, yeah, that's basically the story. There's just some gates? <laughs> just some gates. Well, hold on. There's more to it. So I had to, like, dig in deeper because I'm like, okay, well, that just can't be it. I have no idea. Who is this person? Why are the gates still up? Anyway, here we go. Um, like I said, I did manage to find an article by the Denver Post about the story of David Wolpert. And David Wolpert is the person who originally built the mansion. Okay. It's located on 9190 Riverdale Road, if anyone's curious. There's nothing there. I mean, that rolls off the tongue. That sounds <laughs> like it was you, you couldn't write it better than that. <laughs> 9190 Riverdale, Riverdale Road. Road. Yep. Well, David Wolpert, he traveled from Ohio and finally settled in Colorado. You'll get it. No. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I believe My you. hands are so freaking dry, they won't even turn a page. Okay. Um, and there he built his mansion. Uh, this would have been around the 1860s. He and his wife, Catherine, and his or their two daughters lived there. Uh, there were no fires or, or no insane father killing his family. And, uh, yeah, they just lived happily ever after. So I don't know where this fire came from still when I was doing my research. Um, it turns out that the house eventually turned into other things. Like, at one point it was a saloon, uh, then a brothel, you know, like fun stuff like that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Whenever we hear the happily ever after stories, they rarely tell us. And then after the princess and prince died, the castles turned into a brothel. <laughs> I should be in more stories. <laughs> um, so let's fast forward to November 28th, 1975. At 1 a.m., the mansion was set on fire. No one had been living in there uh, for a really long time, so no one died. How do they know 1 a.m.? Maybe that's when the call was set. Someone saw it on oh, fire. Okay. I, was, I, okay. I was just thinking like, 1 a.m. Like, sounded so specific. I didn't say like it ignited at 1 a.m., right. but I think it, the call was made okay, at 1 a.m. Okay. Yeah. Local police believe that the fire may have been started by squatters. Mm-hmm. Not uncommon. Was it Randy Quaid? It w- <laughs> He's just going around <laughs> setting houses on fire. Uh, no, please don't sue us. Uh, so the Denver Post reported that, quote, the flames Friday 
left only rem- remnants of the wall of the main building plus a smaller structure in the rear, end quote. So I think I just put that quote in there because I think it really solidified the fact that the urban legend is uh, inaccurate, to say the oh, least. Oh, yeah, you know? but of course. I think it just blended those two stories together and then added a crazy father. Um, the owner of the property eventually demolished, so the person who owned it at the time, completely demolished the building because um, after the fire and just after being out there for so long, it just been constantly getting vandalized. Uh, with that said, people say that the gates are still on the property. I wasn't able to find it on Google Maps or even get a good picture. I don't know where the freak this uh, these gates are, but apparently they're there. So anyway, people say if you're able to find these gates, that sometimes there are black dogs roaming the area. Mm. Usually a bad sign. <laughs> it's usually something demonic. Actually, the gates of hell. I think they call them hell dogs or something. Um, really? So is this just like in general all black dogs or is it just, what is like it specifically if, that, that makes this bad? Like, I, I wouldn't want like a bad omen. Um, to see a bunch of black dogs in an area? Yeah, or randomly, yes. But I think in this instance, people have said that the whole land in that property is really just sketchy. Okay. Just really scary. There's a lot of bad energy. And the gates, I think they just coined the term gates of hell because they think there is some sort of, I don't know if I want to call it a portal, but a um, a very weak point where there can be a lot of evil spirits coming through. Gotcha. Yeah. And apparently black dogs as well. So, um, but what there is still, there is an underground room where the house used to be because it used to be a wine cellar beneath the house. Okay. So that still exists. And from what people have said that have gone there to explore... That a lot of times they feel very strange energy. Sometimes they even described it as the air getting heavier mm. the closer you approach the entrance of the room. Mm. Uh, which leads me to my next story. The demonic slash satanic slash witch activity that appears to be rampant around this road. Exciting. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> uh, there have been evidence of people practicing dark magic or satanic rituals in the old cellar. The most common thing that people seem to find um, are just like imageries of an objects that you usually use during the black mass practices. Mm. In case you don't know, I don't know what you know. I I don't know much about black magic rituals. Okay, I'm actually okay <laughs> with my lack of knowledge, as it's not really something I'm that you know too interested in delving into. Well, get ready because I'm gonna <laughs> let you. <laughs> So the, I mean, does light as feather, stiff as a board count? Because I know all about that. Yes, yes, it it doesn't actually. It's my favorite weight loss supplement. Mm-hmm. Just Wait. Pre- pretend you're <laughs> pretend you're one? thin and light. Oh, okay. I was like, you trying to lift with your fingers, or <laughs> you pretending you're super light? Uh, no, no, no. That's not in this, unfortunately. So black mass that basically just mimics and mocks the Catholic mass. So it kind of does everything they do, but they try to perverse it. They try gotcha. to make it bad. Yeah. Uh, I had to stop myself from going into a real deep dive on this because there's just so much information and I started getting really fascinated. And I'm like, hold on. That's not what we're talking about here, people. <laughs> you started getting... Uh, I started getting really crazy and I'm Went like, on a divergent trail of <laughs> yeah. research. But I couldn't help it. So I did find out a little bit more about it. Um, I just... I wanted to know at, le- at the very least the modern... Uh, black mass rituals or at the very least like why that even 
like what we think about it today in relevance to the story. Uh, this was, to my understanding, up to the 1960s, there actually wasn't any official writings or instructions for rituals of the Black Mass. At least nothing that was made readily available to the public. And it wasn't until, um, like I said, the 1960s when nonfiction authors wrote down and illustrated the satanic ritual. So that's kind of like crazy, especially how long it's been around. Mm -hmm. Uh, The band Coven recorded a 13-minute full-length satanic mass on their 1969 album called Witchcraft Destroys Minds and Reap Souls. The band claims that they did their research, uh, even referring to medieval French literature that contained the devil's invocation in an unknown language. They also used to uh, perform this live at the beginning of their shows. So that's fun. (laughs) (laughs) You can actually YouTube if you want to. It's the music these kids listen to These kids in their wild Satan. 1960s Satan music. (laughs) Okay, that one I'll give them. (laughs) It was a little crazy. Um, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be honest. Like, I actually don't know a lot about this band. Do you know about Coven or anything? Okay, well, okay. Good. Well, not good, but... Um, At least I'm not alone. But what I do know is that around this time in American history, uh, we were all having a bit of a satanic panic. In 1969, that's when Charles Manson's followers committed those murders, which later was discovered that there may have been uh, satanic worshippers. Did this start the whole like cult thing that went through the 70s? Well, it's it ignited all that fear, the fear of cults and all that. Exactly. Um, a few years later, in 1973, that's when The Exorcist came out, so that's just going to make it even worse. And so people since then uh, have been practicing these rituals, and they say that these people tend to gravitate to places that have heavy paranormal energy. Uh, Riverdale Road is perfect for this, so it's not surprising that every once in a while you'll find uh, some satanic objects or drawings or candles or just weird things around on the property or in the abandoned buildings um, that suggest that these satanic ceremonies took place. Now, as I thought about this, I was also (laughs) like... Okay, wait, wait, wait. I just had to digest that. What? I, I think I'd have a hard time... Driving down road, even if it's like a shortcut, I'd have a hard time driving down it if I knew pretty regularly they were finding like satanic ritual stuff just along the road. Well, it's not like, like, oh, yeah, they've got like. It's not right on the side of the road, but it's like you have to be on the road to get to these like, not turnoffs, I want to say, but just maybe drive into the field and then to get to a house that was abandoned or in the middle of a field. I mean, there's like a lot of nothingness around. So I think that's just where they do their well, thing. Well, no, no, I, I get that. But what I mean is, let's say you're driving on this road and your car breaks down. You're fucked. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> the kinds of people that happen to be on this road seem to be the <laughs> kinds of people who are doing this. Like, I don't need a car to pull over, you know, filled with a bunch of Satan worshipers. Like, oh, do you need help with your tire? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good, man. You know what's my favorite? I think Lisa says that she drives on it all the time. She used to go, or I don't know if she still does, goes to work and then comes back sometimes on that road. She either takes that road or a different one, but when she said that, she's like, oh, and it's super haunted. I'm like, why would you do this? <laughs> so, and now I'm reading about it. I'm like, oh my God, there's like terrible people on this road. Or ghosts, I should say. Um, anyway, that is uh, the Satan ceremonies. Oh, and like I said, I wasn't surprised when I heard that certain groups or satanic worshipers tend to gravitate towards these places. But I'd also like to argue that I think, and I'm just going to say it, 
they might be a little responsible from the like negative energy that <laughs> <laughs> is causing the you know Maybe a lot they of these things. It. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, who was it? Is it that they went there to do it and then because it was already a portal or haunted? Sounds like the chicken or the egg thing, huh? I mean, potato, potato. <laughs> what is it? What's going on here? <laughs> okay. Speaking of American history, I'm just going to jump into slavery. Along the <laughs> along the Riverdale Road, many slaves worked, lived, and died there. Um, more accurately, they were murdered and hung on the cottonwood trees that aligned the road. People today, when they drive down the road, I, swear they have seen a body hanging from trees. What? I'm going to say when you asked her, you said, did people bring the bad mojo? I think we just proved. <laughs> Who brought the bad mojo? Yeah, I was just like, I think the fact that they hung slaves along this road, that was bringing the bad mojo. Yeah, like It was there up. before these modern, uh, you know, satanic worshippers got <laughs> I'm there. I'm looking at you, old white landowners <laughs> with farms. Yeah, that's really uncool. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, like I said, sometimes people do see people hanging. And, of course, it makes it freaks people out. They they pull over thinking, oh, my gosh, maybe someone, like, committed suicide or yeah. something. But, no, there's never anyone ever there. So, that's just kind of depressing. depressing. <laughs> yeah. Jinx, you owe me a house. Sorry about that. Um, other cool things that happen on the road are bloody signs. There's a story of a boy who got hit by a car on his way to school, and he died when uh, people have claimed to see what looks like small child's bloody handprints or words that spell out, help me, on these signs that are on the road. So, Like, just like the Thornton Five Mile Road signs, like those signs. There's kinds? something, yeah, like it could be a slow down or curve ahead kind of signs, just any signs. And they'll be on multiple ones along the road. Like, if you see one... There's gonna be they're gonna be there the entire time. So I'd find that incredibly unsettling, but at the same time, it would be the easiest to do prank. <laughs> exactly, it would. So I think if I saw it, I'd be upset, but then I'd have to keep telling myself, "Oh, it's probably just teenagers." It's just a prank. It's just a prank. <laughs> <laughs> totally just a prank. There's not a dead kid here. It's yeah. just teenagers being jerks. Just right. keep driving and hope you don't hit a jogger. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, so uh, the next thing I'm going to talk about that people experience on this road are shapeshifters. Wait, what? Shapeshifters. You've never heard of that. I mean, I've heard of like, well, I mean, I've not Not like, okay, what are you going to think? What do you think I'm talking about? Well, I was going to say in like science fiction books, yes, shapeshifters. I mean, I guess we also have skinwalkers. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's basically what I'm referring to. Okay. Yeah, so before Rivendell Road even existed, Native Americans have told stories that shapeshifters wandered the land. Reports from people that traveled the road or live nearby have seen these creatures at night. Um, Sometimes they say that these animals turn into humans or that the humans turn into animals. Either way, that's just what they do. Uh, it's not recommended to pick up hitchhikers ever. Duh, right? Like, right? that's just that's just me, but, uh, you know, here, here we go. It sounds like this road might be a very specific <laughs> but place. But it's especially terrible and not recommended to pick up hitchhikers here. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing me, people? Don't do it. Okay. So, like you mentioned before, the skinwalkers, a lot of people say um, that that's what it is. And I got confused because I thought they were different, but I'm not sure. Some people argue that shapeshifters can shift into any kind of animal and that would be more aptly describing the scenario because uh, a lot of people say that what they see are like rabbits dogs birds or 
coyote sometimes even, but they say that they're often like behaving weird. Mm. Like they'll be on their hind legs or Mm. appear like they're talking to each other. They're just, they act super unnatural. And when I did a quick check on typical skinwalker behavior, which is a weird Google search of mine, (laughs) but um, it didn't seem it, there were like two arguments. I found very quickly that people say that skinwalkers can only morph into large wolf-like creatures and uh but then some say that shapeshifters and skinwalkers are the same yeah no i've i've heard a lot more complex stuff about skinwalkers oh no no they can be very complex and i think that's where i'm like maybe there's just different types of skinwalkers too i plan on doing a a story about this i do know a lot about them and people have talked about them and i bet it ranges between different tribes exactly so i think it just might be like the different mythology between Mm -hmm. and also what the magic might if you really believe in it, you know, obviously, then it could be different types of spells. Because I think skinwalkers aren't inherently, like, born that way. You have mm-hmm. to, you you practice it. I think. I mean, again, I haven't done the research. We'll save it for the episode. We'll save We're it. we do that. But, yeah, so I guess in the end, if you really want to think about it, it's kind of like saying that a skinwalker and a shapeshifter are like saying Bigfoot or Sasquatch. It's like, oh, just different terminology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's how I figured it was what they meant. So we'll do a story about that, but they are around Riverdale Road, so be careful. And I'm going to just jump into personal experiences I found, uh, articles and YouTube people who have gone there, etc. There was an interview of a ghost hunter. Her name was Stephanie, or is, I'm sure she's still alive, Stephanie Smith on News 9, who shared her experience during an investigation. Her first realization was that on one side of the road, which would have been the west side, made her feel especially nervous. Um, Stephanie said that when she walked on the east side, it wasn't very, like she felt fine, like she was anywhere else. Mm. So I thought that was weird. So there's a haunted side to there's the a road, haunted according side. to this woman. Yeah, in her investigation. Uh, so during this, uh, she continued to walk along the west side of the road when out of nowhere she saw a figure walking towards her. Uh, for, and this would have been at night. Um, at first, she couldn't make out who it was. Obviously, it was not her team because she knew where everyone was at that point. She said that immediately she felt uneasy and started freaking out. Uh, the last thing she could note, at the very least, was that this entity was wearing cowboy boots. Mm. And then it disappeared. Um, that's when she said that she ran back to her group. <laughs> so She should have uh, also crossed over to the east side. Cause I would have just gone and been like, hi, you can't get me. It's the east side. <laughs> I don't know. Um, There was another story, another paranormal investigator. Her name is Crystal. She has a YouTube channel, uh, just because to give credit, her YouTube channel is called Ghost Girl Diaries. Mm. That was cute. Uh, She has a video where she shares her personal stories. She kind of talks about the whole Riverdale road as well. She kind of does what I'm doing here. And then she shares her personal experience. Well, she did an investigation back in 2011. Uh, She's a native to Colorado. In fact, she used to live near Riverdale Road at some point, and so she knew the area very well. Uh, So because of this, uh, her team, she basically guided her team this entire time Mm -hmm. and led them to places where she had in the past had tried investigating as well, but this was more of an official investigation with a lot of people, equipment, etc. Yeah, do it right. Exactly. So um, she says that when she was walking to an area that she had gone to plenty of times, that about 30 minutes in, she started to notice bodies of water, f- not form around her, but they started to appear. So she's like, oh, there's like 
lakes and stuff like that. That's weird. She's never seen Body of Water. She's been here before. What's going on? Uh, so they, she kind of like, you know, shrugs it off, I guess. And they start to set up their equipment. And as they're doing this, they can hear the sounds of some chanting in the distance. Mm. To her, it sounded like it was Native American ceremony. So she wasn't, she didn't say like it was threatening or like weird. It was just more like a, I mean, we all know what that sounds. We've seen a lot of performances. And so we, I at least definitely understand what that sounds like. So it wouldn't be weird, except it was weird because there was nobody around. Like, there were no lights. There, were, You would have seen at least something indicating that there were so people it's around. It's like she could hear it on the wind as opposed to they were literally right there. But it was close enough to where she'd be like, in theory, I should be able to hear them or see them. But not, not so close where she's like, oh, my God, they're right here. Yeah, totally. Right. Okay. So, one, that was weird. <laughs> so, they were like, okay, let's keep investigating. Well, you know, they did their thing. I don't know what else they caught. She didn't mention that. But... Uh, she did say that when they headed back to their cars, um, someone said, do you guys know what time it is? Uh, we started this investigation at blah, blah, blah time. We were only gone for 45 minutes. That doesn't make any sense. It took 30 minutes to walk there and 30 minutes back. And they literally have four hours of footage of the investigation. Oh, time dilation. Yeah. So <laughs> she was like, what is happening? So, yeah. Um, she has no idea what happened, what is going on. I mean, they they agreed on a time to meet there. So at some point, everyone knew what time it was to meet there. Sure. And then when they got back, they're like, only 45 minutes had passed. So, dun, dun, dun. But they're like, four hours of capture? Was it just static? Oh, my God. That would freak just me Just like in the movie no, Contact? It didn't seem like that. They were not abducted by aliens or anything. <laughs> <laughs> that was not that kind of story. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they went to a weird like portal or something. Who knows? That had Native Americans chanting. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, So I did end up looking, like I said, I did look at the map and I had to see them like, are there any lakes or rivers around? And there are. So on the west side of the road, you know, if from the other investigator said that that's the haunted side. Yeah, the creepy side. That, okay, that's dry. But on the east side of the road, there's lakes and rivers. So the water's all protecty? Right. So who knows? So I thought that was weird. I was like, but it would have been... Unlikely for her to get turned around. I think she would have known that she was on the wrong side of the road. Hmm. But who knows? I mean, it's late at night. You said it was a dark road. It was. It is a dark road. But who, I mean, like if you know you're heading north or south, you know what? Okay, I know I'm bad with direction. You're looking at me. <laughs> I was like, all right, listen. But this is her <laughs> jam. Like she wouldn't get lost. She had been there a lot of times. Okay. Things like that. Like this is what she does. Hey, even even I get turned around at night. I, I guess so. Perhaps, perhaps. I just think maybe she deserves the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I guess so. Now, if she said she saw a UFO, then I might get a little skeptical. <laughs> but, I like uh, crazy. But she might just be, uh, yeah, got turned around. Yeah, maybe. So, after this incident, Crystal and her team decided to do another investigation because it was just like, Wild. I mean, they had a lot of inform- a lot of stuff that went on. Yeah, need a sequel, man. You need a sequel to this amazing story. So this time, though, they decided to scout because before they were kind of having a hard time. Well, not a hard time. They just didn't want to waste a lot of time finding an area while they were doing the investigation. So that's why she led them to a place that she had been to a million times. But this time they wanted to go somewhere new and they needed to scout these areas. Make sure it wasn't like trespassing, all that good stuff. 
Well, uh, that night, uh, her and two friends were driving uh, around the southern half of the Rivendell Road, where they started to get tailgated by a truck with high beams. Uh, keep in mind, this was, again, pitch black outside. There were no uh, streetlights. And so having headlights reflecting off the rear mirror would have been just, like, the worst. The truck was very aggressive. It would slow down, then speed up, almost crashing into them. <laughs> Crystal thought it might have been teenagers or just some, like, asshole trying to scare them. Because everyone knows that the road is haunted, so she just figured someone was trying to scare them. That was her reasoning. I'm picturing it's, like, the beginning of uh, Jeepers Creepers. <gasps> oh my god like, that was a really good beginning well i mean that was the only part of the that movie was the only i liked <laughs> yes true but yeah the beginning i mean broad daylight super scary but this is at night which would make this it even scarier even worse yeah. yeah exactly so the friend that was sitting in the back uh said that okay well he's a jerk i'm gonna try to get his license plates number and he looks back and he can't see anything uh they <laughs> then he also says also i can't see a driver like i can't see a shape <laughs> Awesome. So, <laughs> obviously, the friend, the passenger, is freaking out because uh, Crystal, during the video, says that uh, she wasn't a paranormal investigator. She was kind of like the person that did a lot of the admin work, but mm-hmm. she just wanted to come during the scout or mm-hmm. whatever. So, she's, like, freaking the hell out, like, this poor kid. Uh, anyway, so, <laughs> so she's like, no, that's not true. You're lying. You're trying to scare me. So, she, the passenger, the one who freaks out, is like, I'm going to go look. So, she climbs in the back seat, looks in the back, and says... Oh, my God. He doesn't have any driver's license. Like, no uh, license plate number. There's nothing there. And I can't see anyone driving. And then she freaks out even more. So here we go. At this point, Crystal says that now she's starting to kind of panic. At first, she said she was just mad. She's like this jerk, you know, like road rage kind of thing. But now she's starting to get really worried. So her plan was to approach uh, 136th Street, which was, I guess, a much busier road. And she figured there they can pull off where there's going to be a lot of people. Like mm-hmm. there's like stores or something there that I guess would have been at least some a nicer. You know what I mean? Uh, you don't want a wanna, little bit of civilization makes things a little safer. A feeling. lot safer. You don't want to pull over. You don't want to confront this guy in pitch black nothingness. So that was her plan. Uh, she was trying to keep her composure, obviously hoping she doesn't swerve off the road. But she says that as they were approaching 136th Street, that the truck suddenly stopped, made a U-turn. And uh, five seconds later, the lights disappeared. So she couldn't see anything, which would have been very strange Mm -hmm. because, you know, you would need your lights to continue to drive. So if you shut everything off, that would have been really stupid Mm -hmm. and really creepy as well. Uh, (laughs) So true to form, they uh, after they compose themselves, Crystal and the other paranormal investigator and despite probably her friends, you know, like. The ones in the car who were freaking out? Yeah, she probably said, hell no, but they're like, no, we're going to go chase it. So they oh turned Oh, my around. God. <laughs> they did. They're like, uh, so we're going to go so back. So all these times when we watch horror movies, and are like, why would they do that? No one would do that. Oh, my God. They Apparently, did people do this stuff. Oh, and then she also says, um, we also knew that our phones were dead, but she's like, it was a one-in-a-lifetime one opportunity. So I'm like... Girlfriend. Yeah, it could also be a you know the one chance they have of the dying last time you do anything. <laughs> no, I mean seriously, at this point, if something bad happened to him, I'd be like, you know what, I can't feel bad for you because you. But knew they were how convinced. This was. They were convinced at this point that it was a ghost, so it was like, okay, which makes it worse. I mean, I don't know if it makes it worse because I think a killer would would be killing, but a ghost <laughs> might <laughs> that killer be killing. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so a ghost would be like, oh, it's kind of like a luck of the draw. Maybe he won't hurt you. Who knows? Okay. But anyway, so they go back and they're like, we're going to go find this truck. Especially since the lights were off, theoretically, they should have been able to pass by this person, maybe even see if they were really there, but they weren't. Or they, they couldn't. They didn't see anything. So they keep driving. And after a few, a few moments, they see a car on the side of the road or like kind of on the field, you know what I mean? A little ways out, like it drove off the road in, uh, and it's just chilling there. What they could notice is that, because they slowed down to check it out, that the car was parked, was on, like they can tell it was idling. Uh, the lights inside were on, but there was no one around. So there's no one inside the car. They kind of try scanning the area as best as possible. Again, it's dark. Mm-hmm. They didn't see anyone. And they're like, okay, well, let's just keep driving. This isn't the truck one. So who knows what's going on there? I mean, I'm amazed they didn't decide to just steal the car. They're already making so many good decisions <laughs> right about now. Let's find out. Just compound them. Well, they keep driving. And only a few moments after... All three of them saw that same car start driving really fast towards them in reverse. Oh, nice. Yeah. Fuck that. Uh, that's when Crystal gunned it. She said that was the scariest thing she had ever seen because it was driving uh, very quickly. It was, it was really gaining speed on them. And she said she had a Mustang at the time, so it would have gone pretty... She would have been able to go pretty fast, I think, at that point as mm-hmm. well. Um, luckily she was, well, she was saying like, hopefully I can make it to the busy street. Uh, since they were going in a different direction, there was another busy street a little further North and hoping that they can, um, avoid this entity as well. Just the way they did with the truck. Luckily she was right. As soon as they started approaching the busy road, the car stopped and gunned it the other direction as well. So did they go chase it again? No, I think at this point they were done. They were like, okay, what the hell is going on? What did they think was going to happen when they were chasing the well, car? Well, one, they, what, I what, wouldn't what, have thought what that... What benefit would they have gotten? I wouldn't have thought there was another car. That's for sure. Mm. But I guess, like, I still wouldn't have chased a truck. I mean, either way, I would have well, been but, like, that, that was pretty threatening. That's evil. But, I mean, what did they expect to happen? What if... What, okay, let's just say it was some guy. They were chasing a car and it was some guy. What were they going to do? Yell at the window at him, throw, <laughs> hey, throw juice at him. Like, they didn't have a plan. They were idiots. Mm. Possibly. <laughs> I think they're just, I mean, they're paranormal investigators. They went to go investigate. That's what they do. Which ended up them just screaming and running <laughs> away again. You got to keep trying, Chase, okay? Right. You can never give up. All right. So, um, so that's my haunting ghostly tales. Now... I did run into other stories like murders and whatnot. I know this is not a true crime podcast, but we are going to kind of dip our toes in there. Your murder can be scary, so. It is scary. (laughs) (laughs) So, like I said, uh, there had been a lot of violence on Riverdale Road. But like I mentioned also is that at one point this road was not, was very underdeveloped. There were no lights and like I said, there's gravel and all that junk. Well, unfortunately, there had been a lot of murders and also body dumps on that road as oh, well, sweet. which really just compounds the creepy and probably ghosts. Uh, there was an article that I did find about Heidi Rose Ursula McGuire on December 23rd, 18, or 1987. Heidi went to work at the Circle K convenience store, which, by the way, uh, was only she was only two days away from her last day. Well, after her shift ended, a customer witnessed a man ask Heidi for a ride. 
She agreed and both headed down the road in her 1978 uh, Chevrolet Monza. That would be the last time anyone would see her alive. Five days later, uh, they found her car in a ditch. Then on February 14th, the following year, her body was found in a field along Riverdale Road. Like I said, this isn't a paranormal story, but I think it's important to mention because it makes everything a little bit more real. Uh, There are so many deaths on the road uh, and a lot of people have suffered. When I read this, it just made me feel, I don't know, like each one, each death, if if it's an urban legend, it had to come from somewhere or something like that. There have been a lot of people that died there and it just, I don't know, it freaks me out. Like if you really are driving on this road, you're driving in a giant road of death. Mm. Although I still want to do it. I want to drive down that road in the night, but just to see. Yeah. I just want you to know if I'm there with you and we see a crazy car, we're not chasing it. (laughs) No, I doubt we would chase it, but um, we might get chased a little bit. So... It was, had a history of being where they killed slaves. Yes. It, they find witchcraft and satanic ritual stuff along the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, body dumps, uh, mysterious cars. There's a lot of really fucked up shit on this road. Yeah, this story had a ton of information. I was pretty surprised. Um, not surprised in a in like as if I didn't think it was going to be scary or. Or had a lot of material. I just, I'd never heard of it before. And for this amount of, of activity and like, and history, I would think that it would make like some top lists. I don't Absolutely. Know. Well, I mean, usually when you hear about a haunted place, it's got like one story. Like, oh, there's like the legless ghost. And you're like, the oh, legless, yeah. Just one, this place is scary. One legged Bob or something. <laughs> yeah. But this place has so many things. It's like, I highly doubt all of them are made up. There's truth to some of these. I agree. And like I said, I try to find where a lot of these truths came from. And there were like incident reports of people dying when they were jogging. I don't know specifically which jogger would have been the jogger that is constantly haunting people or if maybe it's multiple. Could be, yeah, it's like, could be a lot. Exactly. And, you know, like I said, the, the burning down of the house, that one I think I debunked because it didn't seem like it really matched up on what records I could find. But yeah, other than that, so you debunked the happily ever after story, I, uh, the one good story. In this no, whole no, no, no. Debunked that it, the father went insane and killed the oh, family. Gotcha. That it was a happily ended and then turned into brothel house. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only oh, bad part. Would it have been funny if they named the brothel happily ever after? Oh, oh my! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd been great. That's the worst thing you've said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I would totally drive this road with you. Cool. Yeah, well, I mean, it. Lisa will just drive us. She'll be like, okay, you guys sightsee, and she'll drive us down, up and down the road. What, it connects Thornton to what, like Windsor or something? Okay, so I actually read that, and I forgot to write it down. I don't remember. Oh, okay. I was just curious <laughs> specifically where it was, because yeah. I know where Thornton is, but... We actually stayed in Thornton, right? Uh-huh, we stayed in Thornton. Yeah, because we um, couldn't afford Denver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Or it, like the more center, downtown yeah, center. Like, yeah. yeah. Cool story, so, bro. <laughs> you're welcome, brah. So that's my story. <laughs> All right. Well, I liked it. Uh, Good. We should do it. We should check it out. Um, we need more places that we can physically go. Yeah. Um, you know, because caves under a city are really hard to get to. But I mean, we can find that creepy road. We can cellar. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't even know. I couldn't even find the gates. So on Google, <laughs> I doubt I can find it on the road. Well, my beer is empty, and I need and a new mine. one before we continue, because mm-hmm. I just, I need the energy. 
I so, need energy. You need beer energy. I get so it. So let's take a quick break and come back because I got a story for you. Sounds good. Welcome back, everyone. We have our beers and we're ready for a new story. But before we do, Chase told me that while I was telling him the story, he mentioned that he was thinking about while he was visualizing the road, you thought about something. So you tell him what you told me. All right. So I didn't I didn't say it during it because I'm trying to interrupt her less because that's a really bad character flaw of mine. But anyway, when she mentioned that one, uh, when that one ghost hunter was there that she felt uneasy on one side of the road, but fine on the other. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting because when I was making up the images in my mind of what this road looked like, I was always on one side of the road and I was looking at the other side of the road and it was the other side that was all scary. And yeah. I wasn't picturing anything on my side being scary. So when she said one side was scary and one wasn't, I was like, huh, that's totally like without intending it. That's how I was picturing it. That in is my mind. so weird. That's not how I pictured it at all. Like when I would read The Road is Haunted, I'm thinking the road is haunted and everything around it. So I don't know. That's kind of cool that you really envisioned. Uh, someone else's experience before I even told you about it. So anyway, but I'm excited to hear your story now. So unless you're new to the podcast, you obviously are aware. It's time for an end of episode encounter. Counter, counter, counter. Shout out to Rob. I'm still doing it manually. <laughs> it's cool though. Yeah, it's cool. All right. So I'm doing something a little different today. I'm talking about UFOs. Don't worry. But instead of telling you a story... I actually wanted to talk about people who see UFOs in general. Okay. So normally, just think about it when we talk about uh, UFO sightings, UFO witnesses, we always put more credit on people depending on like what they do for a living. So if they're a scientist, we go, oh, he's a scientist or she's a scientist. Um, we yeah, as- we've talked about that before. Yeah, we sure. assume they're going to have like an evidence base. Yeah. Look at it. They're going to be more skeptical and everything. And if they work in the military, like if they're a pilot, we think that there's some credit there. So if they're a pilot and they see a UFO up there, you think, well, they have experience flying. They're going to be better at discerning what's normal and what's weird in, in the sky as opposed to someone who doesn't. We give more credit. But I started to wonder why if we hear that if someone was like a police officer mm-hmm. or a fireman or like a postal worker, why do we default to assuming that makes them more credible? Because, I mean, sure, I'm not talking about like the the crazy drunk lunatic who like sleeps in dumpsters. I'm not saying why don't we think he's credible. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, let's just say you have... A woman who works at a gas station, she sees something. Why is her account less credible than a police officer who may have seen it? Well, I think I have a theory. I mean, it's... What do do you think? Well, I think it's because, like, well, you mentioned, okay, so obviously pilots are things that have actual experience on what these objects would look like or what they should look like in the sky. Okay, fine. We got that. But then, like, police officers and firefighters, uh, people that have certain jobs that require a certain authority... And credibility inherently, <clears throat> they wouldn't want to kind of risk it and sound crazy because then now you're the cop who sees UFOs. Like that's something that you would get made fun of or like, yeah. or people won't take you seriously. And this is not a position where that should be, I don't know, like tampered with. So you wouldn't want to say anything unless you saw something. I think I think that's a fair point. Um, yeah. I think it's an actually very complicated subject. I think part of it has to do with especially when we're talking about people in public servant roles, that even when they're strangers, 
we consider them less of strangers because of that role. If you see a police officer, obviously you don't know who this person is. You don't treat them the way you would a normal stranger because you say, oh, well, they're a public servant. You know something about them and knowing something about them makes you more comfortable Mm -hmm. because, I mean, we know that there's public servants who are bad people, uh, but we just default to assuming they're not. Well, the whole reason I'm bringing this up is it started making me wonder, what do we think makes a credible account is it who the person is is it the story is it both and so i just found it interesting that we put different weights on people's sightings based on who they are a few episodes ago we talked about jimmy carter's ufo sighting so was it because he'd been president we were satisfied that he wasn't a crazy person i mean i think that's kind of what i was thinking in my mind but (laughs) i do think that when a person is at least present in the media enough People create strong opinions about who they are and put weight on the opinions of those people. I mean, duh, that's what celebrities do. That's what... Exactly. Whatever. And that's what got me thinking about celebrities. (laughs) We have a profound celebrity obsession in this country. If you browse the news for even just a minute, you see lots of posts about dating gossip, high-profile vacation photos, fashion trends, etc. There's even that one horror show. That you like watching, uh, where celebrities tell their their like their ghost, ghost stories, experience. right? Yeah, yeah, it's a fun show. I think it's called literally like celebrity ghost stories. All right, yeah. <laughs> but what I don't see often, if ever, is celebrity UFO sightings. So, dun, dun, dun. I wonder. But okay. a good Google search, they actually exist. Like, there's news stories about them. There's actually quite a few celebrities who claim to have seen UFOs. Now, I'm not just talking about celebrities who believe in aliens, because that's going to be a lot. But I mean, ones who claim to have seen UFOs. So I did a little Googling and (laughs) looking around, and I found that the celebrity types range dramatically, you know, ages, media, what media they work in, gender, what have you. None of that stuff has any bearing. It's not like all of them are actors or all of them are musicians. It's, It's all over the place, which is great. So... Does the fact that they are known celebrities mean that their sightings carry more weight, less weight? Does it change people's opinion of the celebrity if they think they've seen a UFO for good, for bad? I think Is- that really just depends. It could it could go as easy as someone something as like depending on the celebrity. Because sometimes like celebrities say some crazy stuff and they're just like there to entertain me in general. I mean, that's what their job is, to entertain the public. But so when they say, like, I saw an alien, I'm like, oh, you. Oh, you. (laughs) I I think you're right. I think it's a case-by-case scenario. So if you haven't guessed where I'm going with this, I got a list, and I I picked and choose some celebrities with their stories, and they're really brief. They're always brief, and I'm going to read them to you, and we can can talk about them. They're almost like reviews, but like crazy celebrity stories. Right. Let's do it. First up is Aaron Rodgers, who is Mm. the Green Bay Packers quarterback, the current one. Oh, okay. So, you know, shout out to all our Green Bay friends. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We have a few of those, actually. We have a few. Yeah. So, what's up, Tom and Alex? Um, (laughs) Or is this just like a real big shout out episode? (laughs) Anyway. So, he claims, Aaron Rodgers claims that he saw a UFO 15 years ago. This is a direct quote from Rodgers. Quote, it was a snowy night. It was orange and moving in the clouds from left to right. And the bizarre mm. part that was attached to it was after it was out of sight, we were frozen. It sounds weird. It's a weird quote. Okay. 
we're frozen looking at each other wondering what the hell just happened 30 seconds after that we heard fighter jets end quote so this was this this is the starting one because it was a very brief story but he allegedly has other alien experiences but he hasn't revealed those to the public it seems like a very vague it's just like very vague a seconds of his life so yeah it was a snowy night. He heard the jets. So why this is interesting to me is that there's so many UFO stories I've even told on the show that are always a UFO is sighted and then it's immediately followed by fighter jets. Mm-hmm. So I like that this one seems to match it. But because it's a snowy night, visibility is limited. There's no way knowing that that wasn't a fighter jet on its own. Maybe, I don't know what he saw, right. but... There isn't enough information here for me to think it's for me to say it's credible, but I do like that it goes in line with a lot of other UFO sightings we've seen. It, it follows the pattern. But next up, we have pop star and former <laughs> Disney actress Miley Cyrus. Oh my god! <laughs> she, Perfect. She claims to have had a close encounter with aliens a few years back. She detailed her experience in an interview where she said, "Quote: The best way to describe it." is a flying snow plow. It had this big plow in the front of it, and it was glowing yellow. I did see it flying, and my friend saw it too. There were a couple of cars on the road, and they also stopped to look. So I think what I saw was real. I did see a being sitting in the front of the flying object. It took me, it, it looked at me, and we made eye contact. And I think that's what really shook me. Looking into the eyes of something that I couldn't quite wrap my head around. So how quote. close was this? What the fuck? I don't know. This that that's that's what I got from the quote. But she claims it still affects her, and looking up at the sky has felt different to her ever since. Wow. But I do think we need to take this story <laughs> with a grain of salt, because in the same interview she also admitted that it quote could have been the weed wax end quote. <laughs> That she had just oh, purchased I... from a stranger. Oh, lordy. So well. nothing of like all of a sudden. So we have Miley Cyrus. People know who she is. You know, she's got a wild lifestyle and all that all mm-hmm. that fun stuff. She, see, she has this detailed, <laughs> elaborate encounter. But then she just kind of throws it all down. <laughs> and she becomes like most of the people who see UFOs that we don't credit. And she's like, well, but I was tripping balls. <laughs> On weed wax. She was like, I was also on drugs, but don't let that deter you from the truth. Now, I'm not like, you know, super down with all the lingo. I can only assume weed wax means dabs. I would think Um, so. I have no idea. But yeah, so she was hopped up on dabs and then she saw a UFO. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. I mean, when when she said snowplow, I'm like, That's when it got a little... That's when she lost me. No, actually, the eye contact. That's when she totally <laughs> lost me. I'm like, I'm out. Goodbye, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> All right. So we're going to stick with pop musicians for one more. Cool. In an interview with People Magazine, Nick Jonas admitted okay. to having seen not one, but three UFOs Ooh, in a single event. Not once, not twice, <laughs> but, but thrice. thrice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He detailed okay. a moment that occurred around 2017 or so. When he would have been around 15 years old. Wait, I think I think it was supposed to be 2007, not 2017. Uh, because, yeah. So I'm going to say it was 2007 when he was around 15. Okay. There are some quotes from... Here are some quotes from the interview with him. Quote, I was in my backyard in LA and I looked up at the sky and saw three flying saucers. I looked at my friend and said, are you seeing this or am I losing my mind? He was seeing the same thing. 
Then I went online and looked, and there were three identical sightings two weeks before, end quote. Mm. He claims to have a bit of an obsession with UFOs. He's not only a believer, but he actively tries to see them. In this interview, he joked about how he's going home to L.A. soon, and he can't wait to try to catch one. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is cute. That's adorable. Yeah. So... So he should listen to our show, is just all I'm saying, because we got a lot of good stories. Absolutely. Now, if we go a little further back in time, boxing legend Muhammad Ali was a firm believer in UFOs and claims to have seen many of them, going so far as to say he has had at least 16 sightings. Holy shit. Right? He collected film and photos of alleged UFOs. In an interview with Johnny Carson, he claimed to regularly see a UFO... On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this <laughs> that up. That is interesting, though. Right? I mean, I've never really weird. heard someone talk about that's regularity. Tr- that's new to me. But this was his quote from the interview. I watched it. I had to write this down. Like I had to rewatch it like twice to get it right. He said, it's four and five in the morning. Seriously. It's like a bright, big bright star, and you see it moving. And it will go up and disappear and get real small like a pinhead. And then it'll come back and it will shake. And it might move over here and then go over here. This is not my belief. This is anyone who has eyes believe. End quote. This is what he said. Okay. He claims that the UFOs he has seen in his many sightings are cigar shaped. His sightings always mention that they move bizarrely, often using the word dancing. Okay. He also claims that the UFO sightings are regular. He's one of the only people I know who talks about regular UFO sightings. Yeah. But we should also note, you know, we joked about Miley Cyrus being high. <laughs> we should note that Muhammad Ali, when he talks about these, does show signs of paranoia because he does also claim that the UFOs are watching him. Aw, that's sad. At one particular mountain retreat, the sightings got so regular that even his business manager, Gene Kilroy, spotted one of the UFOs. <gasps> Up to that point, Kilroy had just thought all the UFO stuff was Ollie's vivid imagination. Oh, hell no. Okay, that's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, maybe it had something to do with, like, how, you know, he's a boxer. That maybe it was just, like, some head injuries could have caused some, like, lights. And or... I think that's what the manager was saying, yeah. Yeah, and that was my reasoning. But the fact that he saw it, too, I'm like, okay, unless the manager's also a boxer, which I doubt, this just got real. So... You know, before I continue, I do think there's some stuff to talk about here. I mean, Muhammad Ali was an amazing boxer. Mm-hmm. He was an amazing boxer. But when I watch interviews with him, I he doesn't have the kind of personality that lends itself to me as being, like, super... What's the, What would be the right term? Uh, I don't think he'd ever change my opinion on anything. Let me put it that way. So when I hear him seeing a lot of UFOs and saying weird things like... I see him every Tuesday and Thursday or whatnot. I, I'm I'm going to say I'm suspicious. I mean, that's already just a strange thing. It's exactly. not a common, it's not a common like story that people tell when they see UFOs. But it did make me think a very weird thought I've never thought about before. So when we're talking about ghosts, you know how we talk about how there's people who are more sensitive. Mm-hmm. You have like clairvoyance and uh, mediums. They are more sensitive to these ghost things. And there could be people who just have no sensitivity whatsoever. Part of me was thinking, what if there's some people who, well, let's just pretend if we're just saying they're aliens, they're in our atmosphere, they're they're doing stuff now, that but only some people can see them because oh, I see what you're saying. something about their their technology they're using makes it mostly imperceptible, but then there's a few people who just, they're just a little bit different, they can see them. And I was like, what if 
he's like the medium equivalent of a UFO Okay, star. I've never... i never thought of that idea ever before. thought of that, but like... It's outlandish, but well, I no, think it's interesting. No, we don't know what kind of technology they're using. It could be like, oh, we're just manipulating their minds so they can't see us versus no. uh, we are literally shielding ourselves with like magic or something. And with I don't no, know. And with absolutely no intention of trying to sound rude when I say this, but I, I, I'm saying it with honesty is... Maybe getting punched a few times in the head gave him the a bit like unlocked it or something, you know? That just reminded me and this is not in any disrespect or whatsoever, but for some reason, like the whole wavelength or like seeing something differently. It reminded mm. me of that episode of Futurama where Fry was the only one that could like it, it, he was like the only one that was resistant to the alien invasion. Remember there were like brains that were invading earth oh and was then, it because he had he, his brain was so like slurmed it, up or something and like he, he was just he had a special wavelength of brain <laughs> activity and like people were like well that explains a lot but i guess that prevented him from getting like uh, manipulated by these aliens so he was the only one that could save earth i don't know it was a really funny episode but that just what reminded me like he was just like on a different brain wavelength and the aliens can't like shield themselves from him I just thought that would be interesting. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe the future is instead of saying someone's punch drunk, we'd say, oh, they're seeing <laughs> UFOs now. <laughs> they're UFO drunk. So, so moving away, now we're going into the world of actors. In March of 2013, Russell Crowe, you know, uh, gladiator, know uh, took multiple photos in Sydney of what he claims to be UFOs, and he posted them online. His hmm. photos, which form a time lapse, depicts two lights or objects, it's hard to tell the difference, uh, red and yellow moving through the sky. On his post, he claims that they were UFOs. He stated that they were taken with a Canon 5D without a flash, and the camera was fixed, and nothing was between it and the lights. Like, it wasn't filming mm. through glass. It was outside. Oh, okay. The photos look janky, though. I, I looked at them. <laughs> okay. The quality of these UFOs that he said, they look like artifacts. They look like optical artifacts. Like okay. light shimmering through through a lens, okay. it 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 looks like a weird thing. Like if you wore glasses, it. I know you had to, to say. specifically say there was no glass because it totally seems like something there was reflected glass. off of glass. Um, a YouTuber by the name of Para Breakdown who devotes his time to debunking paranormal and supernatural videos on YouTube. Nice. They're actually pretty fun to watch. Um, he did a breakdown of this. And he makes a very good and compelling case that these are lighting effects of passing boats on the river below. Mm. And that it was um, that if Russell Crowe had witnessed this with his own eyes instead of just seeing it through the camera that was taking time lapse overnight, he would have been able to tell, oh, it's just the boats. And he shows because even though you see the sky, you can also see the river and it just looks like there was boats going by right. and it's just reflecting off of it. He had set up the camera to like get footage of fruit bats or something in the area and so he wasn't there <laughs> okay. like he just looked at the pictures but when you look at it i don't see, see ufo i see something weird going on i wouldn't even consider that a ufo sighting you weren't even there and okay i get it like sometimes you set up cameras or videos and you capture something weird that i understand but they were if they look so not real i don't know why you wouldn't assume that they were just light reflecting off or something i don't know no absolutely i'm with you but the fact that he posted it meant I mean, it made it a celebrity sighting. Uh, well, it, it means that he either believes in it or it or That's it true. was full of sarcasm that completely went over everybody's heads. Mm -hmm. So I can't talk about celebrities and UFOs without mentioning. Oh, gosh. Former Blink-182 member Tom DeLonge. <laughs> oh, right. 
Yeah. Well, so. he must be like, he's like the celebrity who not just believes and sees. I don't know. Has he seen? He probably has. So for those of you who don't know us uh, personally, me and Lily are huge Blink-182 fans. We've seen them live several times. So I actually take... I mean, we grew up with them. So, or like, yeah, I we definitely did. did. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I do take some pleasure in whenever Tom DeLonge goes on to his crazy person <laughs> rants because like I what mean, is he gonna do now exactly so this is the same musician who claimed in a 1999 interview that aliens exist in your butt <laughs> <laughs> he's gone despite all this he's gone on to make a serious life pursuit of oh, UFOs. Yeah. in recent years his musical exploits have taken a huge backseat to his investigation into aliens UFOs and government conspiracies in a 2015 interview, DeLong gave uh, a detailed account of a mysterious event that occurred to him while he was camping with friends near Nevada's Area 51. Nice. So he said, quote, my whole body felt like it had static electricity and I opened my eyes and the fire is still going and there's a conversation going on outside my tent. It sounded like there were about 20 people there talking and instantly my mind goes, Okay, they're out at our campsite, and they're not here to hurt us, and they're talking about shit, but I can't make out what they're saying, but they're working on something. Then I close my eyes and wake up, and the fire's out, and I have about three hours of lost time, end quote. Oh, God. Tom DeLonge is so adamant about the existence of UFOs that this is now his full-time job. He claims that Mm -hmm. he is going to release stuff soon that will change people's perception of the universe. Only he said that a while ago and he hasn't done it yet, he's, so I'm he's not been, sure. Yeah, we've been waiting for a while. So, I mean, I like that we have someone who has money and interest and he's really looking into it, but he hasn't actually given me any information that I think is particularly well, I think interesting. He, like, didn't he write a book or has like a lot of videos that does discuss like his interviews and whatever information he has so far? Yeah, he keeps saying that there's like a big thing. But he's done a lot to really get information out there. But, I mean, at one point, I read an interview where he claims that he has met aliens at a military base. Okay. But the thing (laughs) is, I can't find out if he was saying that in a joking way, because this was a long time ago before, you know... Oh, before he he got serious about it? Before he got serious. And so, the thing is, when I hear some of his interviews, sometimes he comes off very uh, lucid and practical. And I'm like, okay, I'm pretty interested in what you're going to say. And then other times he comes off as total crackpot. And so... <laughs> Weird. To me, he's a, he's an odd duck because I'm really trying to figure out what he's going on with all this. So, But as far as his Nevada story is concerned, it sounds like he might have just slept. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, so I slept. Yeah, I mean, because none of his story had other people involved. And he, he's like, I heard voices and there was the fire and then... And then I close my eyes and there's lost time. I'm like, you could have just dreamt that. You could have had a very lucid dream. You could have. I have had a lot of lucid dreams. And I'm like, I don't even remember if it's a memory or not. But I get nothing supernatural from a story. Like, if anyone told me that, I'm like, weird dream, bro. Yeah. (laughs) So. All right. So I could honestly go on. There's so many other celebrities that claim to have seen UFOs, including David Bowie, Elvis Presley, Olivia Newton-John. There's so many good ones here, but, you know, I don't want to waste everyone's time. I saved the really good one for last. Oh, gosh. I want to know what you think is good. Let's hear it. No, this is actually my favorite of them, unquestionably. So this last sighting comes from Snake Plissken himself, Kurt Russell. (laughs) 
Oh, nice. So Kurt Russell is an active pilot, and this sighting occurred while he was flying his son. Here is his recollection of the event. Cool. Quote, I was flying Oliver to go see his girlfriend, and we were on approach. I saw six lights over the airport in an absolute uniform in a V shape. Above the airport? Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. I was coming in. We're maybe a half, half a mile out. And Oliver said, Pa, what are those lights? Then I kind of came out of my reverie and I said, I don't know what they are. He asked, are we okay here? And I said, yeah, I'm going to call it in. And I reported it. Right. Russell claims that he didn't think much about this event until after it had happened. That is until years later when something interesting happened. And he said this, quote, Years later, I came home and Goldie, which is his wife, Goldie Hawn, yeah. is watching this show on UFOs. And the most reported one of all time was this one in Phoenix. I started to see the show and I said, wait a minute. <laughs> That's the night I was landing in Phoenix. That is so messed up. Oh, my God. So that's right. Kurt Russell was flying into Phoenix Airport during the famous Phoenix Lights Holy event. shit. He saw it with his own eyes, and he didn't know it. So for any of you listeners out there who don't know, the Phoenix Lights is probably one of the most widely seen UFO sightings in history. Yeah. Uh, we could devote one or many episodes to it completely. I what, think we should. But what has essentially happened is there was a large V-shaped array of lights hovering above Phoenix, and they were stationary. And it was seen by thousands of people. There are photos. There are videos, etc. It is also notable for being a high-profile UFO sighting that has not been debunked by any one explanation. You know, kind of like mm-hmm. how Roswell has the weather balloon. Um, there are people who try to give ideas. But even the military doesn't have an explanation. We don't know what it was. And it stands as one of the only UFO sightings I've ever seen that actually scares me because I don't know what the hell it is. I remember I remember when I was a kid, I was like, this is literally my nightmare. And when I first heard about it, I'm like, I knew it. And then seeing all the video clips, <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, I had to stop because it it truly freaked me out. But quick PSA before I continue, there hasn't been a single good movie about it. Trust me, we've tried. Oh my God, I know. (laughs) I get excited every time I'm like, this is truly a terrifying moment and uh, it's not scary. Good job, movies. But I think one of the reasons this story is so compelling to me, it's not just because I think the Phoenix Lights events is so compelling, but it's that Kurt Russell wasn't desperately trying to believe in UFOs or tell people about UFOs or anything. He remembers this moment, and it was impactful enough that he remembered it years after it had happened. Yeah, of course. He was just like, yeah, that's weird. And then it wasn't until he found out, holy cow, you saw something crazy. He's like, oh, whoa. So his witness account of it is super credible because he wasn't he didn't even think it was a ufo that wasn't even one of his first thoughts yeah and his son was there too and it turns out that he just saw something that was impressive that was amazing and so it makes it one of the most exciting uh ufo sites we have all these celebrity ones it's the only one i'm like (laughs) he saw something guaranteed i just wonder what it was aliens aliens (laughs) I love that. So, I think you need to do like a celebrity part two every once in a while. Like, yeah, obviously, get like more of them. once a year or something. Yeah. I, I want to talk about Elvis's stuff and David Bowie's, but it's really hard, to, especially with David Bowie, because 
he has an entire album about aliens. Mm-hmm. So when I try Google searching anything about Bowie and aliens, oh, it's mostly just bringing up lyrics and, and stuff like that as opposed to him talking about those specific things. So that's going to take a lot longer to get to. But I'm, t- I'm not opposed to doing it. I mean, it brings it back to the source here. Now we have a bunch of celebrities that we all know who these people are. I mean... You probably didn't know the quarterback, but other than that, you oh, know right. who these other, I knew the other people, celebrities yeah. are, and, and and you know some of them come off crackpot, you know, because they're smoking <laughs> weed. And, they made eye contact. Yeah, exactly, and, <laughs> and all this favorite. stuff. So, does them being celebrities is the celebrity factor make it more credible, less credible, or it doesn't have any relevance whatsoever? Mm-hmm. These are questions. I mean, well, I mean, hey, Kurt Russell, that one is like. They're contradicting because you were mentioned that celebrities, are they more credible? And we tend to think maybe not. Mm-hmm. But he was also a pilot. so Oh, yeah, because he kind of has that credit of now having experience some... in a professional field. Right, because when he saw it in the air, he's like, well, mm-hmm. we shouldn't worry because it's not being called in. He has like He's in communication with the airport, hoping that it's safe landing or wherever he was going. So in his mind, everything was good. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it was like, I don't know, but it's not dangerous enough for us to like turn around or land an emergency landing or anything well i would say of all the stories kurt russell's is the one that um i think his has the most credit for all those reasons like you said the pilot but also because it ties directly into a very well-known event yeah exactly but i'd say um miley cyrus's (laughs) it might my opinion of it is like, I kind of just read it. I'm like, that exactly, that sounds exactly like something I would hear from Miley Cyrus. <laughs> it's like, I believe she would say something like that, but I don't know if I believe her. Yeah. The- Who knows? Maybe there was something there. And like, that's just how she interpreted what it was. I, I don't know. Especially since she was like, hi. I mean, I know it was like, not exactly like yeah. being on Quaaludes. I don't even know. I, I don't know why I picked Quaaludes. I just saw an episode of SVU where they talked about it. So that's like the first drug that came into my mind. But it could have been like anything else that actually does have some hallucinogenic kind of quality to it. Absolutely. Who knows? It could have been. It could have had it though, because mm-hmm. she bought it off a drug dealer. She didn't know it could have had like yeah. One of the something one of the articles it. about it said that she said she bought it from some stranger. Just like minutes before or like an hour before on the road or something i'm like yeah (laughs) i mean you got to admit if you're if you're a drug dealer and all of a sudden a celebrity walks up to buy something you're like i gotta make sure i don't give them the shady stuff because if they get sick and hurt then it's on them right people Um, are gonna care um (laughs) yeah so there are more i maybe maybe i'll do this again it's it was a little different what i was doing today but i thought it was worth talking about so so. fun i really liked it thank you so that was the end of episode encounter perfect that was perfect absolute (laughs) perfection perfection. (laughs) well that i think brings us to the end of our episode um yeah, so if you guys have any recommendations, then feel free to contact us on our social media, of course, especially, I'd say, Instagram. Or you can email us, if you're too nervous to make it public, at hotwpodcast at gmail.com. Also, uh, just say hi. We're always around. We're going to actually post uh, more things about my story because our friend Lisa ended up taking pictures and video so we can post some of that stuff, some fun stuff. Of the road. Of the road. I mean, I don't... Archie Road. As far as I know, I didn't see anything weird in the pictures. But Mm. hey, if you guys see anything weird, let us know. I'm not looking that closely, I guess. Or I haven't yet. I will later. 
So it should be cool. Perfect. So, yeah, thank you for listening. And, of course, if you're listening to us when you're hungover, remember that the best cure for a hangover is fear. Bye. Bye.